0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you're excited about the day as I am, but I'm glad the Arctic blast is over. I don't know that I've ever been so glad to see the sunshine. And so if you like that, move to Canada, okay? Get out of here and take that with you, all right? I don't want any more of that. I'm glad you made it through it. I welcome all of you. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you with us. Again, we're in our series on GPS. The last one here is on servanthood. And, you know, I I remember many years ago, way, way back many years ago, that when we started getting involved with the church, to serve wasn't optional. It was something that you just did, wherever and whenever, and so that became part of my DNA just to learn to serve and I remember that they needed someone to to teach in a fifth and sixth grade Sunday school class and they said you're the man I said I'm not the man uh-uh. no not this boy and they said no we really really need you and I remember what happened there is I would begin to study for those things and I, I would really butcher the English language and some of you would say well what's new And so I would just begin to be me and uh, be able to teach those kids. And something really happened within me back in those days. And so today we're going to hit this. I want you to turn with me to the book of, let let me see where I'm going, Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. And this is going to be one of those days that you're probably going to say amen or you're going to say oh me. And I welcome either one of them, okay? And the reason I say that is, you know, if you've gotten in the Word of God very long in your life, you'll find out the Word of God has the abilities to locate you. And sometimes the Word of God is annoyingly accurate. Not sometimes, all the time. And sometimes I look and think, wow, Lord Jesus, you really set the bar high. So when it comes to servanthood, we're not called just to go to church We're called to be the church. And what I mean by that is Jesus called you to be his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. And so what you're going to see here today is the Lord Jesus. He illustrates servanthood in an incredible way. And so I I just want you to allow the word of God to, to touch your heart today. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, Now, again, when you study the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these were the two major religious leaders of their land. The Sadducees, they only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And so it's interesting here that the Pharisee here that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, but in it says, they gathered together. They were going to try to trap Jesus, and so then one of them, a lawyer asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, if you were to study the law, the, the law had over 600 different laws. Actually, I believe it's 613 exactly. And so th- this religious expert says, Tell us the greatest commandment of the law. And Jesus replies in verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All the passions of your heart. With with all your soul. Every energy within your being. And and with your mind. With all your thoughts. This is the first and the great commandment. And it's like Jesus was saying, you got to get this one. You got to get it, okay? Verse 38 or verse 39 And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets. So Jesus right here, he sums up all the moral obligations in the word love and he expressed it in twofold direction. Love God and love your neighbor. Just those two. Boy, we'd do great if we could just fulfill those two. So within the church, you can fulfill both commandments. You give yourself to God by giving yourself to others. Better stated, you serve God by serving others. And I can't find anywhere in the New Testament where serving was optional. And what you must understand, if you're not using your gifts within the church, something that God desires to be getting done here is being ignored or being neglected. Well, I don't have anything to give. Yeah, you do. And you'll see the Bible, it'll, it'll move this forward here. If you watched last week online, 2 second, uh, second Timothy nine says, I saved you and I called you. I saved you and I called you. I like to say it this way. If you're saved, then you're called. I saved you and I called you with a holy calling according to God's purpose. So you have kingdom purpose. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I believe our servanthood in the body of Christ is like a soldier. A a servant must always be standing by for duty. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, this will be the Apostle Paul's writings here through the, the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. And this becomes very clear for servanthood for every one of us. Now, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to fit in here somewhere. Verse number 12. For as the body or the human body is one, but the human body has member, member, many members... But all the members of that one body being many are one body. So better stated here, the the human body is made up of many different parts that together they form one body. And we get that in our physical body. And again, you you may think your little pinky isn't very valuable, but if we cut that off today, you'd find out how valuable it was. It has incredible purpose. Now look how the Apostle Paul ends verse 12. Also or so also is Christ or so too is Christ. So the body of Christ he's sharing with me is many members that form one body. Just as the human body. Verse 13. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body whether a Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but is many. So there is a a wide diversity of gifts, but each gift contributes something necessary to common life and also for the growth of the whole body. And so this is what he's making the point at immediately. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? And so what you begin to get over here is different parts and different organs, but equal concern. And so what Paul's trying to get to to, uh, the point across to us is each part is to serve with a specific and a different function. Now, what often happens is one of two things. Many times, many will drift to an area of pride thinking, woo, my position is so valuable. I am so important. I'm so much important than everybody else. And so because of that pride, it alienates them from what God desires. But the other side of this is many people will say, well, I don't have anything to offer. Yeah, you do. God saved you and he called you with a kingdom purpose. So I think on this line, have you ever tried to smell with your eye? Pretty unnatural, isn't it? Have you ever tried to hear with your nose? Have you ever tried to walk on your hands? Now, you can do that, but not for very long. Now, if we were to leave church today and we saw Warren Havens right here walking down the sidewalk on his hands, we'd think, that dude is messed up. That is very unnatural. And so what he's getting over to with us is every one of us, whether you're an I your eye is the function to see. Whether you're an ear, your function is here. But every one of us are some form of the organ that makes up the body of Christ. Now, I don't care how, how uh, important you think you are or you don't think you are. Every part has a specific function. And this is what he's trying to get across to us. Verse 18. But now God has set the members. Who set the members? God. Each one, now you better highlight that. Each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Highlight each one. That's every one of us. Just as he's desired. And thank God our gifting isn't all the same. It's different. You know why I say that's a good thing? I could serve in the nursery today. But it wouldn't be good for you or your baby. I don't change diapers. I may hose them down, but I don't change diapers, okay? Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Again, the diversity. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need in you. No much rather, or a matter of fact, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. So the, the ones that we think are weaker, or le- they are necessary. They are extremely important. Now, there will be people that will serve in this house today that the majority of us will not see at all. But I am very grateful they're here. Because they're taking care of your little ones. They're taking care of babies. And all the apostle Paul here is doing is showing the significance of each one. Verse 22. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker and necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. On these we bestow a great honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. We protect those things that we can't see. Verse 24, but our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no scheme or division in the body, but that members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Verse 27, now, not when we get to heaven, But now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. So it's like he's saying, don't ever forget this. Each member is very unique and vital. Now, what you get into is two words, interdependence and independence. Independence says, I can do it all myself. Interdependence says, I can't do it alone. We need each other. Interdependence, though, is, is very difficult to develop in our culture because we like to do everything our way. And we like to do everything on our timetable. And so when, and when we get into interdependence, it's literally saying, I need you and you need me. And I believe this is what the Lord is saying to every one of us in here. We are called right here, whether you're a foot or a finger, to serve now turn with me to the book of John chapter 13 John chapter 13 and I'm just gonna give you forewarning this this is an incredible passage and so as you're turning there the Christian life is not necessarily in the duration of your life it's more about the donation of your life it's not how long you lived But how did you live? Now, we may not think this or not, but you're going to see this in the Bible. Jesus is very aware of the ones who serve and the ones who don't serve. And Jesus is very aware of the ones who serve with a right heart and a right attitude. And he's very aware of the ones who don't. This is the amen and the oh me. John 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the uh, the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. I don't know if you catch this or not. Jesus is very aware that he's on his last few days here on the earth. And not only did Jesus know he would die, he knew how he would die. And so right here, he's at the last, last time of his days here on the earth. The end of verse 1. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He would show them his full measure of his soul expressed in love. Verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and that he was going to God. He rose from supper, laid aside his garment, and he took a towel and he girded himself. Now the Amplified says the towel that he girded himself with was the servant's towel. Everybody at that supper knew that the one who had the servant's towel was the least. And most of us, we don't even like to be viewed as the least. And so, in this situation here, the one who was the least, that was supposed to be the one to wash the other's feet, he wasn't present. And no one else there assumed the role. So the Lord Jesus takes this towel and he girds himself with it. And every one of these disciples, they knew precisely what that towel meant. And I believe they begin to look at Jesus and think, what is he doing with that towel? And I believe they begin to wonder: was Jesus gonna go any mini miny mo? Was Jesus gonna make one of them take the towel? Because again, the towel signified the least. Now think about this with the Lord Jesus. He's on his last days of the earth. And he knows his time's almost up. And he doesn't take the towel and throw it down and say, do you realize how inconvenienced this is for me? Why don't one of you step up? No, he doesn't ever say that. Jesus himself, he picks up the towel. Verse five. After that, he poured water to a basin. And he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Jesus modeled greatness. Jesus modeled humility in an incredible way. I want you to think about something here a second. How would you have responded if Jesus was on the verge of washing your feet? Verse 6. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? The literal translation says, I can't let you, my Lord, wash my feet. And so Peter right here sees his master Behave like a servant. And remember what the Lord Jesus said if you were watching last week in Matthew 20. He said, the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. Verse 7. And Jesus answered and said to him, Peter, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this Jesus measured greatness in terms of service, not status. And what Jesus was modeling here is a servant is whenever and whatever is needed at the very moment. And it had nothing to do with convenience and it had nothing to do with the calling. Jesus didn't look and say, fellas this isn't my calling. And oftentimes we see this within the church. I'm not called to that. But how can I ever override the example the Lord Jesus makes, not only to the disciples, but I believe this is the example of the robe of humility for me, for you. Verse eight, and Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, You have no part with me. In other words, unless you submit to what I'm doing, you'll never learn the lesson of humility. And you know what I believe to a degree he was saying to Peter? It's not about being a general. It's about being a private. Freely you've received, freely give. And so right here, Jesus is saying, Peter, you need to share your life. You need to model just what I'm modeling. I I expect this same for you. Verse 9. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he is bathed, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Now watch how he he highlights this in verse 11. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Verse 12. So when he had washed their feet. I'm going to stop right there just a second. He's got the towel. And it said when he had washed their feet. I don't know if you've ever really read into this but he washed all 12 of the disciples' feet including the very one who would betray him. He put on the robe of humility that he would wash the feet of one he knew would betray him. He was modeling I serve God and I serve the disciples that serve along with me and I serve ones that could be viewed as my greatest enemy when I when I read this right here how would I react how would you react what a model And when he had washed their feet and taken his garment, he sat down and he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? I've demonstrated and I've modeled my heart's desire for you. And it wasn't beneath his dignity to perform the most meaning or the most menial uh, a form of servanthood there was, because every one of them knew. The one who washed feet were the least. And so Jesus right here, he served. And his servanthood was an act of function, not of status. Verse 14. Verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. You know what he says to him? I am teacher. And I am Lord. But there's more to it, boys, than just having a title. There's more to it than just having this calling as teacher and Lord. And he goes on to say in verse 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to have washed one another's feet. Wow. Jesus set the bar high, guys. verse 15 for I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you in other words follow my example do it don't just talk about it actually do it most assuredly I say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor is he who sent greater than those who sent him if you know these things blessed are you if you do them He didn't say, blessed are you if you know to do them. He said, blessed are you if you do them. He didn't say, blessed are you if you talk about doing them. He said, blessed are you if you actually do them, if you would actually follow my example. And I highlight something in there that really gets my attention, blessed. So there's something within the kingdom of God that when I serve as the least, there's a blessing that comes upon me that God delivers. Man doesn't deliver it, God does. And if you remember in Matthew 6, the Lord got on three things. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, if you do them with the right motive, there's a blessing. But if you do it for the applause of mankind, there's your blessing. Now let me ask you something. Do you serve to get the attention of other people? In other words, are you addicted to attention? Or do you serve to say, Father God, I'm serving with the right heart. I'm serving with the right attitude. I'm serving you with the right motive. And so off of this verse right here, let me ask you something. What blessings have you forfeited because you wouldn't serve? Wow. He set the bar high. I, I told you, this, this is one of the most moving Passages in all the scripture to me. And remember, Jesus said in, in Matthew 20 28, He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And this week, He serves with a towel. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The very one that the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2, He said, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to him that he's Lord. But he said, I'll model it. Go with me way back into the New Testament, into First John, way back in the back. First John chapter 2. You know what pride says? I will never serve in that type of capacity. I would never do that. Well, you can remember this when it comes to pride. It's the only time in the Bible that the Lord said, I resist the proud, 1 Peter 5, 5. I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. When we look and say, I'll never do that, you've got heaven's attention, I promise you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in this world. Don't don't set your affections on this world or love the things of this world. Why? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You love the world, you love God, they're incompatible. It can't happen. So right here, He's saying, get your focus right. Get your focus right. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, and what's gonna happen here, John is gonna highlight three areas of temptations and three areas of attitudes that have been around since Adam and Eve. Notice the very first one the lust of the flesh, the gratification of the flesh. The the failure right here to discipline my human passions. The lust of the eyes. The allurement of the things that I see. And the pride of life. Egoism. That again, people need to see what I'm doing. I I wanted to be applauded by, by the outward. And he ends this and says... This is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And so the devil used the cravings of of the world to delude us from the things that the Father desires us to walk in. Verse 17. And the world is passing away. This world's not going to last forever. And the lust of it is passing away. Let me help you with that just a little bit. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Can I help you with that just a little bit? It's not going with you, okay? Let me help you a little bit further. None of your earthly achievements are going with you. None of your trophies. None of your medals, none of your ribbons, none of your plaques, none of your degrees. The only thing that will matter in heaven is the things that you did to highlight heaven right here on earth. So am I more concerned about following God or am I more concerned about having followers on my social media? Pastor, you got an issue with social media. I do. I have huge issues with it. That makes me, well, I better quit. And the reason I do, it's focused on me. It's focused on me. And I realize there's good on it. But what would happen here if I said, Lord, grace me to, grace me to live like you did. The greatest in the the kingdom of God is a servant which has nothing to do with the position, has nothing to do with the title, but has everything to do with the towel. Pretty powerful, huh? I stand before you broken and realize, wow, what the Lord Jesus did that day so significant that I would complain about the littlest task here I would complain about having to serve the kingdom of God and I'd have to serve without nobody knowing what I did you know I can tell you this right now I believe the greatest blessings that the Lord Jesus was talking about in John 13 is the things you do that no one here on earth ever sees. You may not get mankind's applause, but you get a standing ovation in heaven. And you know what that standing ovation will be one day when the Lord Jesus looks at you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the little. So I promoted you to the most. And I heard this this statement years ago. Before attempting to do anything extraordinary, why don't you just try to do something ordinary? So I look, and I think, Father God, put your heart within me. Most folk within our society... We don't understand the word commitment like Jesus did. Jesus said, I'm going to love him till the end. That's going to stand on your feet here today. And I told you the word of God has a way of making all of us just look in the mirror. As a way of looking in, into my heart to see really what's there and I know there's so many of you that serve in so many capacities last Thursday morning we, we got to church and it wasn't the Holy Spirit a river of living water flowing it was a it was a river of cold water we had a pipe break down at the other end and it wasn't that deep there was areas like this there were several people who showed up to help us and I know you ones who showed up you didn't do it to impress me you did it because you said there's a need and we're on duty and we'll help and I know there's many of you that week after week You serve, and I say thank you. Even though sometimes I don't even see what you—listen, you're more blessed not by my applause, but heaven's applause. Heaven sees. You bow your head with me. See again. You see scripture. What it says over and over. What the Apostle Paul said, you're needed, you're valued. And the Lord Jesus, the ministry of the Town. You know, our praise and worship team's going to sing, and I, I welcome you down to the altar where it may say, Lord. baptize me with your heart I, I, I want the heart of a servant like you Lord I, I, I want the ministry of the town and maybe today you need a fresh wool in our area of servanthood maybe today you say Father God I, I, I haven't done well in this you know in your heart and I'm, I'm not the Holy Spirit I'm not called to convict you that's what he does We need you. The body of Christ needs you. So as they sing, I I welcome you. I welcome you to come to get a touch of heaven today. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebbic.com.